Welcome to season three of Beta Talk, the energy podcast which talks to the people at the front line of renewable energy technologies, the engineers. Please follow us on your podcast streaming platforms such as Spotify, and if you use iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating as this helps new listeners find us with search engines. Beta Talk supports solar thermal. That little ball of hydrogen up there does very well at providing this planet with the heat it needs. We should be doing more to research solar heat technologies, methods and processes. Our future generations won't thank us if we continue to look at energy for the heating industry as a two-horse race, electric and hydrogen. This season's podcast is sponsored by Energy Systems Catapult and Evergreen Energy, and we can listen to their short messages now. Evergreen Energy aim to help homeowners cut their heating bills, reduce carbon emissions and improve comfort levels by installing bespoke heat pump systems. Each installation is completed to the highest standard by quality assured local installers. Evergreen Energy can even support you with the cost of a heat pump installation through the government's funding schemes. You could pay nothing at all. Head to www.evergreenenergy.co.uk and use their funding calculator to see how much CO2 and money you could save. Energy Systems Catapult works with innovators and government to tackle the hardest problems we face on the way to net zero, helping businesses create new low-carbon products and services that consumers want. And now for the show. So, welcome to Beta Talk, and this is the first episode of a new season and I'm joined by one of our regular guest hosts, Leia, from Your Energy, Your Way. Have I got that right, Leia? Yeah, yeah. Hi there, Nathan. How are you Joined by my friend Steve, who's uh, one of my uh, um, renewable engineers that I kind of recommend. I've just actually just recommended him a job uh, last night, I think, was it, Steve? <laughs> it was, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then um, I'm also joined by Catherine, who's a senior lecturer at Lancaster university hello to you catherine and we're going to be talking about the green homes grant which is a new government scheme that's uh 30th of september i think that started didn't it, mm-hmm. uh, for homeowners to uh, implement some renewable measures to their home so i'm going to start with you Leah, because you're obviously kind of signed up to that scheme so how, how's that been going well uh interesting is probably the best uh description um so we are a relatively small company we cover sort of um a lot of the southeast of england but we are um a couple in the office and uh four guys out on on the tools um and we normally get maybe five new inquiries a week in the last uh four weeks we've had about 300 to 400 inquiries so (laughs) i'm not going to work that out percentages because my brain can't do percentages so that's that's a big big increase then Mm -hmm. and is that are they are they inquiring about this voucher scheme for the green homes grant yes so that's you know we probably still had our five five or so a week normal new inquiries um and then all the extra have been about the vouchers so yeah. I, suppose this is, I suppose it's good news in one way. I mean, in, in one way, it means people out there are very interested in renewable technology, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, it feels terrible to say that being busy is a is a bad thing, um, because of course you desperately want business, don't you? You want to be out there doing a good job and delivering product into people's homes. Um, but for a scheme that had so little notice and was such a short period of time, and it's just evolving as to how it actually works day by day, um, it's not something that you can kind of scale up in order to be able to meet that demand. So of course, we're not able to effectively respond to all that number of inquiries because we're just not, you know, not manned up for it. Mm. Now, Catherine, I want to bring you in. I, I brought you onto the show because you did a tweet a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks ago now, wasn't it, about how hard it, it was for you as a consumer um, to sort of find information or good information about what you can do to get sort of renewables into your home. And you kind of, uh, you're kind of in this sector sort of in some sort of ways, aren't you? Yeah, I, I'm, I work in energy storage, but electricity storage. Um, so I'm familiar with the terminology being used and I'm familiar with, with all the yeah, different bits of the lingo and, and the sector in itself. But I found it really hard to navigate the information out there available on, on um, heat pumps and on the, the grant in general. And I just felt this deluge of information that was not actually telling me anything or not helping me make a decision in any way. And it's an area that I am... I am relatively comfortable normally in making decisions about, but I was finding it difficult. So I thought, I don't know how it would be for someone who isn't comfortable talking in, you know, units of energy and, and the size of, of energy, the storage that they need or anything like this. So for me, it was, it was challenging. I thought this is, there's a communication limitation definitely going to happen here. I imagine why people are getting a deluge of, um, of inquiries as well. I mean, you need the inquiries for the for the quote anyway on, on the grant, but there's you can't discern that information for yourself. You have to you have to contact the company at the moment to try and get any idea of what you need for your household. Mm. There's no way of a consumer because I think it's three quotes, isn't it, Leia? Yeah, people are being recommended. That's, yes, to get yeah. not it's not mandatory, but people are being recommended to get three quotes. Yeah, I can just imagine a consumer you'll and we Catherine and I were talking about this a little earlier that you'll get three different people coming with three completely different takes and it depends what products they may be aligned to so you're going to have three some completely different systems how does anybody understand who's uninformed which is the right system which one's good value how do they know what they're going to get the best out of how is it suitable for their home the, the three quotes, I think this is something we picked up on your tweet, wasn't it, Catherine? I mean, I always, you, you hear this recommendation a lot, you know, to consumers, you know, get three quotes. Well, my, my, my argument is, well, what do they then do with them three quotes? Do they pick the highest, the lowest, or go for the middle one? Yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't really arm them with any more information. I mean, it's, it's a very arbitrary thing, is it? I mean, most, I imagine most people would think, oh, let's plumb for the middle one. They, if, if there's a, vast variation in between the quotes uh they probably won't go for the most expensive it's 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 not great advice for the consumer i mean it, it's understandable advice you know we all do it in all you know we all do it you know whether we go shopping uh, we're always looking for the best bargain 
But as we know in this industry, Steve, don't we? I mean, obviously, a lot of the time, if you're going to go with the cheapest one, you're not going to get perhaps the best best job. No. Um, so it's, it's, it's very, very, it's very hard for the consumer to understand. Uh, and, and Catherine, I mean, look, you were talking about your familiarity with the industry. You're also familiar with some of the websites that may be able to offer you information. I mean, this is another thing. Consumers, if I was to say to the consumers, what website would you go to to find this information? They probably wouldn't be able to tell me or list any. I, to be honest, I wasn't familiar really. I, I, I sort of followed on, on the government website which linked you to sort of a, a, I think a general energy one. It was, it kept linking to one actually, a lot of them to one that is really based in Scotland. And then you'd end up in this loop of things that were only available to Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) So um, so I was like, oh, that's not very helpful. But um, yeah, a lot, I mean, I, I was just Googling. So you didn't get, you didn't get clearly signposted to the simple energy advice website because that is a new website that they've specifically set up. Uh, no, I, I went on there in one instance and there was another one. I can't remember the name of it. Um, which appeared to be a Scottish based one because I think they're more ahead of the curve on, on implementing. Um, Just Sorry. When you do a search, when, if something's got a lot of activity, because if this Scottish one has been running a bit longer, that's probably what it's doing. It's picking up on that, isn't it? It's leading you towards that, which is another issue with, we are talking about this, the Green Deal. When people start typing in about green and grants, bits and pieces, it's leading a lot of people to the old Green Deal, not the Green Homes Grant. We discussed you do that in my area. The nearest installer who's registered is in Newcastle, I believe. This is something we discussed the other day, wasn't it, Steve? Some people, I mean, I was speaking to some people the other day about this. Uh, they, they, they rang me up, they wanted a quote, they were doing a webinar, and they actually called it the Green Deal. Um, yeah. They're quite high up, you know, in, in, in kind of this, sort of this sort of discourse. So that's interesting. Like you say, search engines are going to be picking up the Green Deal as well. So yeah. that's, that's another issue. I mean... You've chose not to do this scheme. Is that right, Steve? Yeah, because um, <laughs> when's, the, when's the heating engineer or any form of heating company going to be at its busiest? It's now. And with, yeah, I might, if I really pushed, I could maybe squeeze an extra two jobs in between now and when does it finish? March? End of March. Yeah. yeah. So we're stacked. So for me to engage in it and i've got to join the trust mark a bit more paperwork a little bit more expense and i just know as you've found out i'm going to have an avalanche of inquiries the phone's just going to be ringing off the hook and we're going to be telling people no we're not engaging in it well or if we were engaged sorry i'm saying that incorrectly we're unable to help you we haven't got any capacity to come and see you so no good to us whatsoever it's the wrong i know we've had COVID, everything else but and if i've got this correct you can ask for if you want you can have an extension on your voucher but only up till the closing date of the scheme is that correct you so can you get all the work must be done by the end of march every, yeah so the there's now six months and 
you can almost forget December because who's going to want people in upon <laughs> the house around for a good three week period of December? How's it going to happen? It's, I mean, we've got jobs here that I looked at 18 months ago and they're still coming through the pipeline. These mm -hmm. things take Steve, a lot setting up. Steve, can I just, because uh, you are MCS, you do MCS jobs. I do, you? yeah. So you, you were saying you would also have to join Trustmark. Trustmark. I mean, is that quite an easy process, Laya? Do you, do you know? Surprisingly, um, you know, to say something positive, it, that was very straightforward. Uh, um, I th we had to pay somewhere around the £150 mark. So, uh, yes, extra money that we could have used elsewhere, but um, it was just a form that was a couple of pages and they know that you're already MCS. So it was, it was relatively straight yeah. forward. So, but if you, as you say, Steve, if you've got, um, if you're absolutely stacked up with work, um, we found a lot of our customers who we have lined up already started asking, well, will you be able to do this work that we already had booked in? Will you be able to do it under the Green Homes Grant? So actually, is this scheme has caused us loads and loads of inquiries, some of which we may get work out of, so that could be good. But then it's also caused some of our existing lined up customers to want to not pay us in full, but to pay us partly with a voucher. Right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just increasing your admin for the same job. Yeah. <laughs> has 2030 or 2035, do you have to have that as well? No, it's just the trust mark that kind of yeah that covers everything. If you're MCS already, yes, yeah. If you've got MCS, and I, I don't really understand what the trust mark is because obviously you already have to be in a consumer protection organisation to be MCS. I I don't know what else the trust mark adds to it. Really. I think that might be for sort of the other trades that are implementing measures, isn't it? Something like insulation and and, and stuff like that. Mm. so uh, yeah i mean Kat, Kat, come back to you Catherine. are you have you been thinking about having a renewable technology installed and, and yeah yeah um so I, I explored um the heat pump back a few weeks ago when we had that that thread that just went a bit into the many directions um but it was really really informative i got more out of twitter than i did out of anything else actually so it was really useful all the links i got there um but uh, basically, I spoke to a company finally uh, about it, and, and we ascertained that it wasn't worth the money, and it wasn't worthwhile doing it um, at the moment because I would probably need to lift all the floors up and um, and put in underfloor heating, and then the, the upheaval of that. And then if I was, you know, going to extend later on, then we'd have to do it again anyway, and we wouldn't be able to ascertain what size pump I needed at the moment, if I'm going to make changes in the near future. So there were so many things on top of just trying to cost it or trying to work out what I would need. It wasn't worthwhile. And and the the pub the company actually said if you know it's cheaper to run gas. Um, which wasn't ideal. Was that was the conclusion. And I wasn't looking for cheaper, I was looking for greener. But so I was like if it's on a par that's fine. Um, cost wise, but I think what's now put me off is that 
um, putting in all, all the underfloor heating and, and things like that. Because I, again, it says you'll need oversized radiators. And then I'm in mind, I'm just getting, I'm seeing like a wall full of radiator. I don't know what they mean by an oversized radiator. And um, you just start imagining what, is, am I just going to put these eyesores in my house? Because the visual impact needs to be considered as well. You know, you, you tuck a boiler out the way, but I'm going, is this air pump thing, is it going to be noisy fan coming out the side of my house looking ridiculous? Or is it going to be something, you know, I can be tucked out of the way and it's not going to be a problem? So I think you had another tweet come up the day in, in, your, in, your, um, in your thread there that concerned, you know, the visual impact of... of or green um, initiatives and heat initiatives in the house and how they're going to be implemented in the house as well. And I think that really needs to be considered because we're familiar with boilers and we're familiar with what they look like and yeah. how they're going to feature in the household. And then and now you can get all these really nice and slimline and almost invisible um, radiators. So then to suggest I need these oversized ones, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so... It, the oversized radiators will sometimes not necessarily mean it'll be longer or higher. Sometimes might you'll have a extra convector on the back of it or an extra panel on the back of it. Um, I think I recommended to you, wasn't it? Sorry. I think that was one of the companies I recommended to you actually, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and she was the person that called me really informative, really helpful, and very honest, to be honest. And they were just like I don't think it's worthwhile you doing it at the moment because um I think there's a there's an issue. We've just moved into this house, so I thought I can make it green from the off. It was my plan, um, and but we are intending to extend in the near future. Um, so it was a case of, well, we can't size your air pump until we know what size your overall footprint's going to be. So I mean, it, it's sensible, but it it, it does mean I'm not going for it now. However, right before this. Um, this podcast, I was on the phone to a company about solar thermal. So that's another option for the house. Um, but then I get conflicting information about that. So my gas engineer was here the other day and we've got an immersion, we've got an immersion system here at the moment that runs on gas. So I don't know what that's called. I'm sure you all know. Got that. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the central heat, the gas heats up the tank. And um, so it's primed for solar thermal. So it'd be really good. But um, but then my gas engineer here was here the other day and he was like, well, solar thermal always clags up and it breaks and it doesn't, it only lasts a few years. And I was just getting this sort of negative idea about solar thermal. So now I've been put off that. So I don't know. Like you, you start <laughs> on track and then you get told, you get put off it and you've got no one to verify it with. Yeah, that sounds I mean, like very, I mean, Problem, not a problem. One of the challenges in our industry, everyone sort of associates a plumber or heating engineer as being able to know this vast stuff. It's a vast industry. Obviously, we've been used to gas boilers for quite a long time now, but there's all these other little niches. So, for instance, I mean, like you work with Ken. I mean, Ken would know exactly what to do with solar thermal, so would Steve. But your average gas boiler engineer, who, who by the way, would be extremely competent with that particular heat source technology, wouldn't perhaps know so much about the different systems that we can use solar thermal for. I mean, I'm glad you're thinking about solar for, because you know, I'm a massive advocate of that. We should be using a lot more of that where we can. Um, I mean, you you do a lot of solar thermal yourself, um, and that's actually one of the good things about the Green Home Grants, wasn't it, Leigh? Because that's actually allowed solar thermal, hasn't it? Have you had any inquiries about solar thermal for that? 
Yeah, so interestingly, because we are one of the few kind of around the M25 that are offering solar thermal, in fact, I did look on the Trustmark website, and if you imagine the ring of the M25, and I reckon about 12 million people live within that ring, there are five, I think, solar thermal Trustmark installers. So I, I feel that might have been something to do with our 400 calls, because quite a lot of them were um, were about solar thermal. Um, which is a, is a real shame, because if we'd known this scheme was coming six months ago, and we'd known all about what, all the detail of it, and, and I know it's a COVID response, so we can't obviously lay that at the government's door, but if we'd known detail about it, and we'd known what was going to happen, and we could, we'd be able to see then it was going to drive solar thermal inquiries, we could have skilled up for it and have been ready for it, and actually, London is a brilliant place to install solar thermal because um, there are so many buildings with not very large roof spaces. Um, you know, PV has one of the lowest uh, penetration rates in the whole country in London. I tweeted something in the week, and I think it was something like there have been only 300 um, RHI applications for heat pumps in the greater London area. Um, if you find my tweet, it's got the exact number, but you know, the whole of London, 300 yeah. odd RHI applications. So heat pumps are not such an easy sell in London, but solar thermal is great because it's so efficient for the size of the roof that you might have available. Um, but, you know, as I say, we're just not able to respond to the, the volumes that, that we're being asked to, asked to respond to. So, you know, we, we're doing what we can and I'm hoping we'll get some solar thermal installs out of the scheme, but had we been able to say, right, we'll take on an extra couple of plumbers, an extra person on the phones, and being all ready for this, could have could have been good. Now, you're quite organised and quite astute. Now, when was the first time you heard about the Green Homes Grant? Because like you say, it was, it was actually kind of just... I mean, I, I'm going to set a thrust upon me, but I am pretty unorganised. I mean, I, I remember being contacted by people that are very much to do with solar thermal and saying, "Nate, we've managed to get it in. It's in the it's in the grant." But that was actually quite quite near to when it then got launched on the 30th of September. So you're, you're mistaking me for my colleague Pia, who is very organised and has handled all this stuff. And as she actually um she actually broke our email server one day during the the height of the the inquiries by sending too many responses to email so that our email program started to think that she was a spam bot <laughs> <laughs> because she sent out so many responses to all these inquiries we were getting so yeah we we really are trying but in my mind it was somewhere around july that we became became aware um so there were a couple of months but in July for a scheme that was going to run from October till March. Yes. And it wasn't at that point, it was still very vague mm -hmm. what it was going to be, what was going to be included. And it was very much the last minute that you got a clarity of what would or wouldn't come under it, how it was going to work. Mm -hmm. And I still, what calls we get, and we don't get that high a limit. People keep mistaking us for an accredit or for a, um, signed up installer to the scheme because of our MCS and we get no end of calls and it's yep yeah, we've got the full 10,000 and you can tell they're very excited because they're thinking 10,000 I'm going to get a free heating system it's going to be brilliant and so yeah I'm trying to explain to them 
no we don't do it here's some names people who do but i must tell you you're not going to get ten thousand you're going to get up to five and you can hear the wind quickly fall out of their sails they're not happy about it so there's still a lot of misinformation the consumers i don't know why because you know everyone's got a computer everyone's got a smartphone just get on there and google stuff you soon find out don't you everyone can be an expert <laughs> let's just clarify that because i think it's it's up to five thousand isn't it uh, and then you can get ten thousand there's another five for other measures no the other i think the ten thousand is for if you are or on supported income um yes but you can only spend five mm. on the heat pump can't you we now this is the point with you, Liz. Well, have I got? Am I completely wrong there? You've got primary measures. You've got secondary measures. Now you can't just have one primary measure. You have to have. You have to implement it with the primary and the secondary. Have I got that right? That's it. Yes, I've got that one wrong. No, you can just have a primary measure. You can. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you can if you are on um, any kind of income support, then you can be awarded ten thousand. But all towards one yep. technology. Towards one technology. But it doesn't include. Oh, I'm telling people the wrong thing. There. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't include the the heat pump. Mm, see now we're all confused amongst ourselves. I don't think the heat. Uh, I don't think. Well, it, this is a great example of how good it is. <laughs> it is actually. Hang on, maybe that one isn't it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can get heat pump or solar thermal. Oh, is it both? Yeah. Okay. No, so the solar PV is not included. That's right. Yeah. PV in, but it's really confusing. I know. So, but so you had a company, the solar thermal company, just now, and they were saying they couldn't work out. It's the two thirds thing. So I was because they quoted me, um, and I was like, right, okay, then. So we'd be able to get this much back, and then they were like, no, it's two thirds of five thousand, and I'm like. No, no, it's two thirds of the overall cost up to five thousand, and then we were going back and forth and they <laughs> work out. They were convinced I'd only get two thirds of five thousand, and I was like, "No, it won't be. I'll get, I'll get whatever." And um, it, it was just trying to explain that, and that they were the company issuing, so it was just really confusing. Um, I just want to explain to my listeners. Most of my listeners for this podcast listen on audio, but you can find it on YouTube at Better Teach. Already, what, me shaking my head and, and nodding. You're going to see everyone nodding and shaking their heads, uh, <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, basically, I mean, I, I feel a little bad that I don't know it inside out, and I feel like I should, but I don't. Um, I, I, well, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here because my my backer is Pia, who works with me, who looks at these things with an absolute fine tooth comb, and um, so if it's wrong, blame her. But uh, you can get if you are on some kind of income support, you can get £10,000 paid towards a heat pump or solar thermal um, installation because they are primary measures. Without you having to put anything in it, which is important. Without you having to on pay. On the 10000 one, you don't, have to, you don't have to contribute. On the 5000 one, right. you contribute a third. Yes. Yes, exactly. So the, the grant will pay two-thirds of the cost of your measure up to a limit of five thousand pounds so if i if i were to quote you a solar thermal system say for seven thousand pounds you can get two-thirds of that in a voucher and you would have to pay the final third so that's quite straightforward 
if it was a quote, say, of 13,000, I'm choosing tricky numbers now, of say 12,000 for a heat pump, let's do that because I can do two thirds of that. Um, you wouldn't get the full two thirds of that 12,000 because that would be 8,000 and you can only have 5,000 up to 5,000 pounds subsidized for you. Clear as mud? Clear yeah. as mud. <laughs> <laughs> and then how does the secondary measures work because you can you can apply for secondary measures at the same amount as you had for the primary measures is that right well this is the problem we've had people phoning us up saying what i really want is double glazing in my house and that weirdly is a secondary measure so what i would like you to do is give me a quote for solar thermal and then i'm going to use the rest of my voucher to go um, have double glazing or they'll say oh, I want a heat pump and then I'll use the rest of my voucher to have double glazing and we have to explain to them that the heat pump will use all of their voucher and the solar thermal will use a considerable chunk of it yes and you don't get much change out of five thousand pounds for this kind of technology I think this is one of the things we were talking me and Steve were talking about earlier there's no ballpark figure that well there's very few ballpark figures or anything that you can find online so you've got people inquiring who haven't even got a clue how much these things are going to cost as a measure really because there's nothing sort of concrete that you can go to to sort of give you those estimates and sometimes you can find them but it takes a lot of rooting around and 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 they're very second guessing like there's a lot of like caveats in the in the estimates that you find in um and they go well it depends on the on which boiler you get away depends on the company and so many things but you could still do with just some idea and clue from the government as to how much these measures are going to cost you need a baseline to well start from. although the green homes grant thing now it does take you through this step by step actually the green homes grant page is actually quite user-friendly i think you're talking about the simple energy advice the government one yeah the one where it links you to yeah, yeah. exactly so when we did this tweet thread a few weeks ago it didn't exist so i couldn't have gone on it but this it's since implemented and actually it's quite straightforward and it takes you through step by step which is quite nice um yeah it didn't exist a few weeks ago when i was looking into air pump air source heat pumps um so and yeah and that one does it does sort of give you a ballpark figure then at the end of that actually so i wonder how many people are going through it all before <laughs> making inquiries yeah yeah I mean, I if, if anyone if anyone's listening and is if anyone's listening and is totally confused the place that you're meant to start this customer journey as far as the government is concerned is the simple energy advice website that's right it's um, got an acronym sea hasn't it I did have a look at it today and you were talking about these ballpark figures and they've got ballpark figures for most heating technology, I actually think. So gas boiler. Um, I mean, I always sort of, um, I mean, these ballpark figures are quite, quite interesting, aren't they, Steve? Because once again, it's like every property in this country is very, very different. And <laughs> you have to get a ballpark figure, it's, you know, it's uh, quite a feat, trust me. And of course, once you give someone a ballpark figure and then say someone like Steve goes around and says, well, it's going to cost this. They then look at that ballpark figure and go, no, well, you're a bit too, too expensive. I don't want you. And what they've done, then done is lost out on a very, very good quality engineer. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm a fan of these ballpark figures. I'm not sure you can put it in a ballpark. 
uh, something we've spoke about earlier. Um, gas boilers, pretty much every gas boiler, whatever you pay for it, is pretty much going to do the job. It's become such a mass technology, so that's okay. Won't matter what you have, they're all going to be pretty much the same thing. But heat pumps are heat pumps. Different manufacturers' heat pumps have to be installed in different ways, require different add-on measures. And there's a vast range of quality difference, isn't there? I mean, you can go on eBay and buy one. I hate to think what it'd be like. Or you can be right up the top end. And that's the problem with the market. What are people looking at? And that's another issue, again, we were talking about. Consumers, very strange. You detail as much as you can into a quote into a specification you try and get all the information there for them to be able to ratify it and break it down and even at the point they've gone forward with you it comes out in conversation they're going oh is that in there i don't know is that what you're going to do i don't know what have you done why did i give you this what did you do with it i don't understand i don't know if you find that leah that you'll put information as much information in as you can and halfway through the installation they're a bit shocked at what you're actually giving them yeah and i think it speaks to the complicated nature of what we're trying to do doesn't it and whether whether it'll get to the point where it's simpler because it will become more mass technology and we'll have to explain less because things have simplified or people have got more used to it i suppose catherine your experience would be interesting you were kind of starting from, from first principles as to what a heat pump was and what sort of expectations did you have before you spoke to anyone did you know what they looked like did you know what kind of sizes they were no nothing nothing at all until i started it's literally just somebody said they'd recommended it somebody i trusted recommended it to somebody else and then i was like oh i don't know much about it i wonder if they'd be good for my house and i started there i had no idea no concept i'm i was surprised to learn it was such a mature technology actually i thought they were relatively new because i i know i've never seen one in in operation as far as i'm aware and um they'll be all over the university you work <laughs> i mean you were saying about london earlier i mean there's millions and millions of heat pumps in London because it's it's aircon air, air conditioning systems. You know they'll heat in the winter, they'll they'll cool in the summer. So that they're literally everywhere. Um, oh, is it just like okay? But of course they're not obviously uh, heating technology that we've been heating homes with so much. So people, I mean, like I say, they're fridges. A heat pump is a fridge. That's how your fridge works. So it's uh, it's not new technology. Um, but it's it's obviously as we can see, it's going to be a very big uphill struggle to get into people's homes um i mean you've got another option catherine i mean obviously you've been quoted for an air to water heat um, i mean you can you can get air to air which are the, often the type you get in offices for instance and you'll also be able to cool yourself in the summer with them um then you but you just then have to think about a different measure to do heat your hot water domestic hot water um but i think this is one of the problems there's so many once again i think people think plumbing and heating is just this one technology that we just go in the house and just do it's so many different technologies and so many different variations we can do them isn't it steve i mean it's yes, just so disciplines absolutely endless isn't it um so that that's another problem um i, I want to talk about i mean you, your setup there's a lot there's you there's your partner in the office and then you've got your engineers and that means you've got a couple of things i think advantages you've got some 
you, you, you can have the time of communicating with customers. Your engineers can actually be out there doing the job. You can be sort of, and I think we've, we've talked about this in last season. It's going to be perhaps maybe a problem for your sole trader. You're not a sole trader as such, Steve. You've got a partner, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, there's um, seven of us all together. Can you see this being something simple for, because as we know, a lot of gas engineers are literally sole traders, aren't they? Sole traders or, yeah, small companies. It's, it's the office side is the hardest part. And I try and keep myself office-based, obviously doing quotes out and about, but it doesn't happen. We're getting so busy, I have to keep filling in the gaps for the guys. So... Yeah, a lot of late nights in here, weekends. It really is a you know, it's a lifestyle, right? <laughs> it's a it's certainly hard work. The amount of paperwork that goes with starting the journey of an MCS install. Everything that you've got to put together, all the information you've got to provide, and then as you come to the end of a job, if you've fitted a gas boiler, all you've got to do, produce an invoice. Come to the end of an MCS job. There's a ton of paperwork, you know, good four hours, maybe five hours of finishing off all the paperwork, the handover, everything that goes with it. It's all your work, MCS. Is all your work MCS, or do you do non-MCS work? We do none MCS as well. Yeah, it's we ended up MCS purely. I mean, if we'd have come into it in more recent years, then we wouldn't have uh, been probably wouldn't gone gone down the route. When we started, I mean, Catherine's saying the lack of knowledge now, you imagine 15 years ago, it really was very, very thin on the ground. And the only thing that was out there for anybody to have any faith in you was the fact that your MCS registered, that your, your work was being looked at on an annual basis. There was somebody government-based looking at you. And they were still taking a leap of faith. They really were. It was all just done on whether they trusted you, really. So I want to talk, because you've just reminded me, MCS, obviously, the reason you would probably do MCS work is because it's attached to the RHI. That means people can then draw down on the RHI payments. Um, How does the RHI work with this new scheme there? Uh, They reduced it by the voucher value, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a kind of pay, paying it up front rather than getting it across the seven years idea. So if you say you would normally have got maybe £9,000 across seven years for your heat pump RHI, uh, instead you would get your £5,000 voucher and then the remaining £4,000 of your RHI would be paid across the seven years. So that's what makes solar thermal quite a nice proposition under under the scheme because the amount of RHI you would typically get for solar thermal is probably only around 2,500, somewhere around that kind of mark. And obviously you're getting a voucher for more. So whereas with the heat pump, all it's doing is moving when you get the grant. So rather than getting something across seven years, you're getting it up front. With the solar thermal, you would actually end up getting a greater value of, of money back. Um, so, so yeah, so with the heat pumps, net gain of Greenhomes grant, zero. It's just moving around when you get the money. 
So with the, RHI and solar with the RHI and solar thermal, obviously, I know, I know you and Ken and obviously Steve, we, we, we like to incorporate solar thermal, not just to heat the domestic hot water, but to heat space heating as well. Now that wasn't allowed on RHI, was it? The, the, on RHI, you can only claim for solar thermal that just heats your hot water, which is a crying shame. And I was in part, part of a webinar uh, the other day with, um, and where, where they said you wouldn't install a PV system that only powered your television. Um, you know, when that came out, that decision, it was, none of us could understand why, you know, if you've got the ability to collect heat from the sun, let's use that heat in, in every which way we can. But we weren't allowed to do that, and that stifled technology massively to the point where lots of people think it's a rubbish technology when it's not. <laughs> um, so, so how's that working with the guy? Because obviously you and Ken, well, you know, if, you, if you've got, I mean, for instance, the customer I've just uh, recommended you, Steve, he wants to integrate PV with an, they've already got PV, they've already got an air source heat pump, they like this solar thermal, they want to integrate that with. It won't be an MCS job, it'll just be something that you will, yes. um, if you take the job, you might be too busy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's, uh, so yes, yeah, so with the, with the, the Green Homes Grant, the RHI, with the work you're doing at the moment there, let's say someone wants some solar thermal, they say, well, can it heat my, I want it to heat the underfloor as well. How does that work then? You can obviously still get the voucher for that, can't you? But you wouldn't be able to do that on RHI, would you? My understanding is that if we're operating under MCS and running the job under MCS, then the same rules still apply about solar thermal as they would for a standard RHI MCS job. You can only heat domestic hot water with it. It's a little bit of a grey area, isn't it? But that's my understanding that it's it's the same as as getting the RHI, the Green Homes Grant. But, you know, this is still an evolving picture, this grant. I mean, more important to me, I still don't know how I'm going to get paid for any of this work. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, there's a, yeah, it's, it's not 100% clear, but my assumption is that the rules of RHI still apply, even though it's under the Greenhomes Grant, because they aligned it all up with MCS. On the payment front, I think I'm right in saying one of the caveats that got in there is you have to be paid by the customer before you can cash the voucher is that correct i'm sure that's written in there when i had when i initially looked at it and i because that struck me i thought hang on a minute so if you did a job for a customer who didn't pay you for whatever reason you're not going to get the government money either is how that read to me uh yeah and not only that but you won't you i see it we as installers won't get the money until the customer has uploaded to a portal all of the documentation about the job ah oh that's very interesting that's not <laughs> so you're relying <laughs> on the customer <laughs> yeah i i mean that's not fair that's putting the burden on a customer then to do something that they might not be technically able to I, I don't see, I can understand, I think it would make more sense to ask the, the installer to do that uploading and then make sure it's confirmed by the customer so they can verify that they had it done, but not to do the uploading themselves. That's, yeah. I've met Leah a lot and of I are sitting thinking, do we really want more work for every single job we're doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's hard. You don't want to put the burden of all the 
it's really difficult to call because I wouldn't. Yeah. I'd be worried about trusting people to upload the documents so you get paid. I want to ask this question. There was a tweet I uh, I saw the other day, and I retweeted it. And the person who tweeted it never never made any comment because they were saying that the scheme needs to last longer. It's obviously going till March the twenty first, I think. And they they were quite uh, passionate about the way they worded their tweet, saying, "You know, it's, it's silly, it's silly. It should last a lot longer." And I retweeted saying, "Look, maybe we should see where we're at rather than extend it." You know, let's see where all the flaws are. Maybe iron out some of them before we just jump straight ahead and start extending it. Now, what's your thoughts on that? Because um, uh, obviously you're involved in this. What, what your, do, do they? Should we be thinking about extending it yet? I mean, obviously you just highlighted you. You're worried about or, uh, you and other installers actually getting your payments. So, is it a scheme we should actually extend before we know actually where it's actually going and how it's working? Well, my my hope is that these teething problems and, and issues get straightened out and obviously a lot of effort has gone in from government to build this simple energy advice website which as Catherine said is you know is reasonably helpful um, they're obviously having to put in all the back-end measures around vouchers and redeeming vouchers and they're, they're basically setting up a scheme in in sort of two months flat um, which potentially you know could could be good if if installers are able to um, you know size up to meet the demand and um, it raises the profile of all these technologies and gets people talking and thinking about them and we are confident that once we do the job we will be paid sensibly in a reasonable amount of time um, why shouldn't it run until RHI is due to, to die and things change in in March 2022 um, because then all that work that's gone in for something that quite frankly at the moment they're meant to be spending 1.5 billion pounds before the end of March from the perspective of the renewable sector I can't see how on earth they will spend a fraction of that money if all that effort's gone into it let's let it let it run you know Steve might be quieter next year he might be keen for some more work yeah. <laughs> Catherine, we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to train you up to be an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, what's, just out of interest, what is it you study? Because you study something quite interesting, or you, you, you teach something quite interesting at your university. What is it? I do um, electrochemical energy storage. So I work in batteries, but not necessarily lithium ion batteries. I work on um, uh, redox flow batteries, is one of the areas. So a different kind of stationary energy storage. Yeah, we've um, had a we've had a couple of battery episodes actually on, on the podcast. So yeah. so we got some teething problems. It's uh, I suppose it, there's there's the good there's the advantage that it's created an awareness. It's engendered this awareness with the public about renewable technology. So I suppose that's a good thing because um, that needed to happen. Um, it's obviously got some issues. Um, none of us here can actually sort of come up with any. Any answers? I don't think. I know I can't. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to be out installing again. Uh, I, I'm not a paperwork person. I mean, like I say, you would definitely need a whole back end of people to help me. Um, so, mate, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, really. It's it's good. It's good that there's been some grants. Um, I was talking with someone today about how other countries do it. Uh, other countries seem to do it a little bit different, and it doesn't seem to be as complex 
Mm. Um, may, maybe our country's always liked things to be a little bit... We seem good at that in this country, don't we? <laughs> well, I'd like to thank my guests. I mean, we're going to revisit this, I think. I mean, uh, I'd like to sort of come back and see how it's all going with, with some of you. Um, but it's good that you've got lots of work on... I mean, Ken's now working for you. Is that, is that right, Larry? You do some stuff with Ken? Yeah, as of the beginning of November. So, yeah, we'll have a bit more resource at our disposal. Because um, as you say, there's a, there's a lot of office stuff and um, it sounds like Steve's having the same, same problem that I'm getting drawn out onto site all the time to um, kind of do more of the site supervision and the, the organising and the project management and actually to try and get through our volume of inquiries, I need to be a bit more in the office. So, so yeah, and it's something hard. about this. <laughs> so it's a hard balance, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, this, this technology, because even if you're not talking about the MCS paperwork, you're just talking about the amount of conversations with customers. We spend a lot of time toing and froing on emailing, either because our customers are early adopters and they make it their life's work to buy a heat pump and go into it in such a fantastic amount of detail. They have thousands of questions or they're coming at it entirely fresh and they just are just starting off and they want to know so much so there's a lot of customer engagement to sell heat pumps mm. interestingly something that is starting to come to light very much recently is people's attitude changing since lockdown when we all saw the pollution drop things were, you know rivers were cleaning up the atmosphere was cleaning up and I think that was probably one of the biggest things we've ever had in this country to bring home to people about the damage we're doing. And uh, we've recently had a customer who's really engaging and spending a lot of money in a substantial house. And she said to me the other day, she said, if this project had been underway three, four months ago, I would never have put this amount of money in and done what I'm doing. I would never have seen the importance. And I think that's quite, that was a real moment for me to think that's the attitude that's changing. And it takes those big events, I think, to get through. Because we're used to sales speak, aren't we? We're always being told all these things. But that was a, that was a reality moment for a lot of us, I think. Yeah, we discussed this the other day, didn't we, Steve? And it's, your customers saying that, it's really sort of opened her eyes up when, when all this, the, clear, the clear skies, um, it made her think about maybe improving her house and she's going for internal insulation. Have I got this right? They're going to completely... Yeah. yeah, they've completely gutted the house and they're fully insulating it throughout inside because it's a Georgian manor. They can't do anything on the outside. So, I mean, huge expense they're going to. And I think for most of us that happened, didn't it? Because... It's great being told that the planet's dirty and we're doing this, doing that. But when we're walking about and we... When have we looked up before lockdown and thought the sky was dirty? We haven't, have we? And then all of a sudden, during lockdown, you're starting to think, what a light night. I can see all these stars. And you start realising just how bad it is. I think it brought it home, even those, in, those of us involved in the business. It really was a moment where you saw a change. And I'm convinced that's part of why we are so busy now. It's really come in with a kickstart. 
I'm quite hopeful that it'll continue. Mm. Well, long yeah. may continue. Okay. For, uh, you're both doing a great, great job. Catherine, I hope you, uh, we find, well, I'll try and find, you did tell me the area you're in. I'll try and think of someone that can, um, if it's just a case of maybe replacing some radiators, they're not always going to take up a lot more space because um, they can be thicker, if you know what I mean. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll try and find someone in your area and maybe the, you can reevaluate that. Did, you, did they do a heat loss on your, on your home so you knew what the heat loss no, was? No, we didn't do anything. Um, but the, no, we just had a chat on the phone. It didn't really right. go beyond. But I'm, I might go for solar thermal. I don't, I need, every time I think about one, I'm like, oh, I've got a list of things to find out. Because um, I think the solar thermal only does the water. Well, you it, were just saying it can see things, and that's a new dimension I didn't even know about. So. <laughs> <laughs> when we first adopted solar thermal in this country, we kind of adopted half the way the Europeans do it. We just pulled it over and only heated the domestic hot water. But you can, which is fine, obviously, for summer. Now, in, in the winter, we, it's very hard to heat water up to the temperatures we need. When you store water, you've got, we've got to under law store it at 60 plus because of Legionella's. Uh, you can't you can't wash in 60 degrees. Well, I mean, you'll give yourself uh, three degree burns in about five seconds with 60 degree water. Uh, we tend to wash safely around about 38, 39 degrees. But um, but in the winter, if you've got low temperature heating systems, which is something uh, as engineer Ken is really really um, into, you, we don't need these great great big flow temperatures to heat our homes in winter. So the solar thermal can really bet. You know, we really, it really benefits heating a home. And of course it's free, it's clean, it's completely clean. And it's completely, some people say to me, it's not free, Nathan, well, it is actually. I mean, when the, the, the heat in the ground for your heat pump, if you've got a ground source, is solar energy. The heat in the air for your air source is solar energy. So I think we need to have more investment into looking into solar thermal because uh, we've got a bloody great big ball of hydrogen up there sort of providing a lot of power that we aren't really utilising as much as we should. And I, I it's a shame. I think what's happened is, as Stephen, Steve, you're a little bit older than me, but when, when we started in this industry, it was no one was ever talking about heating engineers or the heating industry. Now we've got this whole world talking about our industry. It's very unusual. The whole world is talking about it. You've got lots of people doing speeches, etc., etc. And unfortunately, it's starting to get, I think, a little bit partisan. So you tend to have got two camps now. H2, H2 ready boilers, and then heat pumps. But there's no in between. So all my friends that I really, really like, really value their work that they're doing talking about heat pumps, none of them really discuss solar thermal. And the H2 people don't discuss it. And I worry, you know, they've got to realise our industry is, is more than just them two things. It really is. Um, but these are some powerful people involved in all these discourses. And it's uh, one of the reasons I do this podcast is to get out there that solar thermal is a, is a fantastic thing. It really, really is. It's, it's free. So I'm going to leave it there. We're going to, we're going to sort of uh, come back to this topic of, of the Green Homes Grant, obviously, throughout this series. Uh, thank you ever so much. You're the first guests for, for season one. I have got a pre-recorded uh, episode that I'm going to be doing uh, or issuing soon, and that's all around um, heat as a service. And I did that with some people from Energy Systems Catapult. So, Lath, once again, thank you. Uh, Steve, thank you. And Catherine, thank you for coming on as well. Thank, thank you, guys. Much. Please remember to follow the podcast and please give it a rating if you use iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Thank you to my sponsors, Evergreen Energy, 
Homely by Evergreen Energy is a smart thermostat which is specifically designed to work with a heat pump to make your home even cosier, greener and cheaper to heat. The thermostat uses clever sensors combined with real-time weather forecasts to create the best heating schedule for you. Heat pumps are already highly efficient renewable technology, but combined with a homely thermostat, they are an even greener and more cost-effective solution. If you'd like to learn more or are interested in installing a heat pump or a homely thermostat, contact the Evergreen Energy team on 0161 768 1143. Also, thank you to my other sponsors, Energy Systems Catapult. And please look them up on the website. Thank you.